What's going on, guys? Your host, George McKay. I'm here. I'm in the building. Again, another fantastic interview lined up via phone. I have with me today, Gabriel Fuerza. How are you, sir? Hey, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good. That's Thanks good. Oh, no problem, man. Thank you for taking the time out. I know it's hard with your schedule and stuff like that because you're blown up, which is why I had to get at you soon because pretty soon I wouldn't have time to get at you. So this works out perfect. It sure does. <laughs> So the first question I always ask everybody I interview, because I'm a big fan of, of figuring out when the wrestlers themselves fell in love with wrestling, and I call it the defining moment. Do you remember your defining moment? I think I do, yeah. Okay. So, uh, to put it simply, uh, the Halloween Havoc match between Eddie Guerrero and Mysterio would probably be it. Uh, Always been my favorite match, still my favorite match. I literally just had gear made and tribute to it. So uh I, I would I would put that probably at the top of the list. Um either that or um I know it's kind of a taboo subject, but watching Chris Benoit win the Royal Rumble in O four. Mm-hmm. That might be too. I don't really yeah. think it's a taboo subject. I mean, yeah, surrounding the circumstances of what happened, yeah, it's very clouded. But even when, um, like, me and my, my former co-host, we did a profile on Chris Benoit in one of our earlier episodes. And we even said at the beginning, we understand that this is a subject some people don't like to talk about. We don't have to talk about him personally, but we can always remember how great he was in the ring because he was that damn good. Oh, he was untouchable, honestly. I mean, they don't call yourself the rabid wolverine without being able to go in there and just dissect an opponent, right? And that's exactly what he could do. He could hurt you yeah, 20 well, different ways. <clears throat> yeah, no, his, his intensity is like, even now, like, I, I watch, I obviously watch a lot of wrestling, and, and it's just something that, like, almost nobody can match, like, that level of intensity that guys like Benoit, like Guerrero and Angle, they just, it's something, just a little extra. And like very few people have it. Yeah, it's that it's that it factor, if you will, and he he had that in spades. I mean, he wasn't really yeah. great on the mic, but he made up for it with what he could do in the ring. And that's yeah. and to me that sometimes is what stands out. I, I love a promo guy as much as the next guy, but I believe you gotta talk the talk and you gotta walk the walk. Yeah, I agree. And uh when it comes to you and now being able to have the honor and privilege to see you wrestle oh, about four times and most recently just a few weeks ago at uh, Crossbody, and you were able to capture the uh, internet championship in uh, quite amazing fashion. And you took it from uh, one of my one of my good friends, another former guest, Justin Sane. But man, that match was incredible from start to finish. Thank you. <laughs> you thank guys, you, thank you. it's hard. It's hard for people who don't really love the sport like we do, or who aren't involved in the business like we are, to really appreciate the storytelling that goes on in a match. But there was yeah. so much back and forth, so much speed, so much high flying. It was just, that match left me exhausted. At the end of that match, it was hot as hell in that arena that night. But at the end of that match, I had to go get another bottle of water because I literally had to catch my breath. And that's the truth. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> so what did it feel like when you, you know, you captured that title? I mean, you had you had had other title opportunities. You had a, a go at Pretty Ricky for the uh, Blue Ribbon Championship, which did not go your way. But then this one finally goes your way. You get the decision. What was that feeling like holding that gold, that belt, for the first time? Honestly, uh, 
it felt really good. Like, I know that's what you're supposed to say, and you're supposed to say that it was a long time coming and whatever and all that stuff. But honestly, it really did feel good. I, I won other championships before, but this one, I really felt like I'd earned it, and I'd worked for it, um, specifically in the showcase shows um, that Crossbody puts on. Uh, I, I, I've, I've been to all but one, I believe, and I'm not one to, like, feel overly confident or, you know, cocky about really anything, but those shows, I really feel like I've been learning a lot, and kind of growing as a performer and uh you know i thank crossbody for that chance and in that way i think i've really really earned the right not only to to hold that championship but to you know represent the company yeah and and i think you're gonna do you're gonna do great as a represent as a representation of the company of the organization i mean i'm i'm very close with ben uh he was on the show as well and uh the first time him and i met it was, you know, like kind of like a little bit of a, a bromance. And uh, he gave me an opportunity to do commentary for the first time there, which I had a blast. I hope to come back and do it again very soon. But, I mean, it seems like Ben is, is, is great with giving the opportunities when people have earned them or he sees how hard you're working. And I've been to now five shows in total. And every show I see you at, I see something different. I see something new. I see something more impressive than the last time. And then that's when, you know, I approached you. I said, we, we got to get you on the show because it's my show. So I can highlight whoever I choose to highlight. But it's the talents that I see working their ass off that I feel that I need to give the time to. So people can hear their story and understand how hard they've been working. And that's a, that's a, that's a tip of the hat to you because you really have put the work in. And I think that title, yeah, it's cliche to say it, but let's say it. I think it was a long time coming and I'm, I'm damn proud to say you earned that one. And I feel the same way you did about that. Thank you. Thank you. So don't let anybody ever tell you different. And if they do, direct them my way. Unless they're bigger than me, then I'll direct them back to you and you can take care of them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You get thick skin quick. <laughs> so tell me about, um, so we, we know about your defining moment. When did you start training and who did you start training with? Um, I started training, uh, let me think, just out of high school, so it must have been uh, probably around 2011 or 2012. Okay. Uh, and I shared with Rob Fuego uh, over at Square Circle. Yes, Mr. Fuego. We've heard a lot about him and how well yeah. a lot of people got their start there at Squared Circle. I, you know, I, I hear a lot of bad things about Rob Fuego, but he's the king. Honestly, I have all the respect in the world for him. I still see him here and there, and, and I love chatting up and getting his uh, opinion on stuff. Obviously, people have different opinions based on whatever kind of wrestling that they've brought, been brought up with, but you can't deny that like half of Ontario was trained by Rob Boyko, and that in itself proves just how good he was. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when you've got that many accolades and you look at all the like all the stars that have kind of have been bred out of his facility, a lot of wrestlers who I've interviewed have all most of them have mentioned Rob Fuego at one point in their life. Either they didn't start with him, but they ended up going to him to fine tune things. And he really is a master of his craft. I luckily have not heard anything bad. I've only heard good. So I, I want to keep that one intact for sure. Uh, hopefully yeah. one day I can get a hold of him and get him on the show. I would love to talk with him. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to hear more about him because he's, he's a private guy. <laughs> yeah, is it so that that brings up an actually interesting an interesting question when you're at the shows and I mean right now currently in your you know your development you are a heel. 
but I believe at one point or time you were a face. Did that transition happen out of your own choosing or did it, did it kind of come with, you know what? I'm feeling stale. I'm feeling stagnant. Maybe it's time I switch it up. Or was it just being a heel was the natural direction you wanted to go, but you wanted to have that kind of turning point to make it happen instead of just starting off as a heel? Um, well, typically when I started, people wanted me to work as a face, uh, just cause, you know, smaller guy, I kind of do more flashy things. I can, you know, backflip and junk and all that sort of stuff. So people are like, well, I'd rather you work as a face cause you know, you can do these stuff whereas other people can't. So yeah, typically you don't really get the choice at the beginning. So it's just whatever work you can get. Um, I don't mind working face. Um, sometimes it's even more fun than working heel. Uh, typically, as fight or flight, we work face almost everywhere. Um, and that's, it's fun. It's just as rewarding. It's just as fun. Um, but I felt like me as a single like character, I never really had a concrete character. Um, it was just kind of me. And uh, <clears throat> it, I, it, yeah, it was just, it was just I, I realized that it was getting boring. Like, I wouldn't really here for me that much like maybe if I saw me best man like oh yeah that guy's alright but like as a long term like month to month thing it's like wow well, he's kind of boring there's other people who are more interesting so yeah it just it just felt right um, I guess like in my personal life I kind of had the extra little like boost that I needed to kind of let them steam off in the ring and then being a heel was kind of the way to do that for me so it was as much trying to keep myself fresh as it was trying to self-therapy myself. <laughs> uh, so I guess that would be why. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a great answer. So not not to get too personal, but you had that kind of thing and, and personal. And you know, I've heard, it's not the first time I've heard a lot of wrestlers say, you know, sometimes I'll take things from my personal life and I'll bring it in the ring just because it gives me that little extra boost. So when you when you did make the transition and you turned, and it seems like you're having a lot of fun. Like when you're out there, you love to play with the crowd. Like after you won against Justice saying there was a little stare down when you were in the corner holding the belt and he kind of walked by you and there's a little stare down and you kind of did this. It was hilarious because you did it so perfectly. You did this thing where you kind of like, like you pretended to cry, like he was going to cry about it. And, uh, it was, it was genius. It was, it was very subtle, but it was the perfect thing to do at the perfect time. And you can't, that's something I, I think you can't teach. I think you know very well how to maneuver the chess match of the audience because in, in this business, as we know, uh, reactions count. Whether you're a face and you're getting those big pops, the cheers, the yeah, woo, or you're a heel and you're getting the crowd interaction where they literally do nothing but smack talk. And you seem to get that ever since you turned when you were in fight or flight. You seem to get the more of the, the, the smack talk towards you in spades, but, but you smack talk is equally back. So, I mean, as you've played off more, it seems right now, anyways, you're having a lot more fun with the heel side of things. Would you not agree? For sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, as a face, you're kind of limited to what, obviously, you can do and say. And I wouldn't say I'm necessarily a bad person, but I'm certainly, like, kind of an asshole. So it's much easier for me to be a heel and kind of push it a little bit harder than it is to be a face and be as squeaky clean as I can. Mm -hmm. So, like, the whole the whole uh, pretending to cry thing, that's literally, that's just something my mom would do. So my, 
my mom is the kind of like sassy Mexican lady that would just pretend to cry and like, oh, you want to fight? I'm going to blow you a kiss instead. <laughs> well, I hope one day to meet your mom because she sounds like an awesome lady. She sounds like a fantastic person for sure. Um, that's awesome. So family, let's talk about family for a second. In terms of this business, a lot of times family members don't necessarily agree with a wrestler's choice. I've heard some wrestlers say they had support right out the gate. I've heard some wrestlers say that they their parents still won't come to watch them wrestle. And I've heard some wrestlers say that my parents were completely against it. One of my former guests even told me he had to leave his house because his parents were so against him wrestling. How is the family dynamic with you? Do you have that support system? Yes. Yes, in spades I do. Um, my parents are actually the ones who first introduced me to wrestling. Um, they actually, I like to tell the story that the first wrestling show I went to was in the womb. Because uh, when they were, when they were, uh, I guess when my mom was carrying me in her in her stomach <laughs> before I was born, they would go to uh, the CML shows in Mexico. Nice. So like that was that was just their go to thing. That was just like their Friday night date or whatever. So right, I, I imagine I went to quite a few <laughs> uh, as a pre born baby. <laughs> so there's that, and then uh, they they're the ones who showed me the Halloween Havoc match. Um, well after it happened, they showed it to me in like 2003 or 2004, but they had just kind of pulled me into the other room. They were like, hey, we want to show you something. And they had that match on. Uh, they had found kind of like a highlight of Rey Mysterio. And I think it was uh, also Rey Mysterio versus Kurt Angle versus Chris Benoit from like a random SmackDown, which is also a very good match. So they were the ones to first show me wrestling. And uh, they, um, well, I didn't find that until a few years later, but um, they had actually wanted to book me into Rob's school a few years before I ended up going. Hmm. They, they, they had inquired, and, and it was, at the time it was just too much money to put aside. But my mom, my mom ended up telling me afterwards that, that she had actually already talked to Rob, and then they had already got kind of a uh, estimate, I suppose you would call it. And uh, yeah, it was just too much at the time. So, but a couple of years later, you were able to go and do things on your own. Yep. That's awesome. That's great when you can have that support system. So in terms of like friendships and connections you've made within the business, and obviously you probably wrestled some of your friends or some of, you know, the, uh, the, the cohorts you have there in the business. Is there somebody right now that you haven't wrestled yet that you're eyeing to get a chance to get in the ring with for a one-on-one? -on -one? Um, top of my list right now is Daniel Garcia. Okay. And I'm actually playing him this Saturday. Nice. So I'm very excited. Um, in terms of people who I haven't wrestled and it hasn't kind of come up, um, <clears throat> let me think. Uh, I'm getting kind of good at. <laughs> this is gonna sound bad, but I'm getting kind of good at, at getting the people who I want to wrestle with. Okay. In certain places. <laughs> 
So I've, I've, I've crossed a few of those off this year, actually. But, um, man, who would I want to work? It's, it's kind of, it would have to be some of the newer guys. Um, I know Tyler Arrow is uh, training out of Hamilton. I'd like to work him. Um, I haven't wrestled Jesse V in a singles match. Oh. He's going to be really good. Now that's that's a name that has surfaced on my radar, and I am uh, doing my research on that. But yeah, I think that would be man, that would be a barn burner. <clears throat> I think that would yeah. be that would be something to to definitely look forward to. Uh, out of all the matches you've wrestled so far in your career, what would you say by far is your opinion of your best body of work? First one that comes to mind is uh, a match that I had with Kobe Durst at Crossbody, probably a year, year and a half ago, maybe. Um, that one was a lot of fun because it was just kind of a random one-off. Uh, I remember this, this was the first time Vertigo had gone to the UK, so I was kind of like looking for bookings because well, a lot of our bookings are tag heavy, mm-hmm. and, and at this point especially, so. With him gone, I had to kind of try a little bit harder to, to find some shows that I normally didn't do. And I had only worked crossbody, I think, twice at this point as a tag team. So just out of the blue, I messaged Ben and said, oh, as a matter of fact, somebody's just canceled. So if you can work with Kobe, then you're in. I'm like, yeah, of course. Kobe and I at the time had never even wrestled. We trained together, but we had never wrestled. Um, so, yeah, it was just kind of like a random cold match, and it was so much fun. And I think we both looked really good in it. Everything was, was hit really well. Uh, like, we didn't have to do any, like, huge moves, like, you know, anything that we could kind of hurt ourselves. It was, it was just big enough moves that got a really good reaction. Everything was hit very well. The, the pacing was cool. Like, everything just kind of came together. I think at the time, for sure, that was the best match I'd ever had. Um, trying to think since then um i mean i've had i've had quite a few matches with uh von vertigo that i would put pretty high up there just we just know each other so well at this point that well former former tag team partner i mean how can you not have a great match when you face off against one another right yeah uh recently i wrestled josh alexander i thought that was a lot of fun where did you wrestle josh uh barry wrestling oh can I, I got to ask you this question because I ask everybody that gets in the ring with him. The chop. Yeah. How, on a scale of 1 to 10, <laughs> how hard is that chop when it hits your skin? You know what? I was so pumped from adrenaline that I didn't feel that. <laughs> you didn't Honestly, feel a thing. I, I didn't feel a thing. I was going into the match like, like super, super, super nervous, which is, I typically don't get very nervous before a match, but I remember being like nervous for an entire week. Uh, not not because I was afraid of Josh. I honestly, Josh is like one of my favorite people at this point. But I knew that he was going to bring it, and if I couldn't keep up, then he was going to let me know it. So that was making me extremely nervous. So yeah, in, in the actual match, he he dropped me, and I'm not even feeling. I heard it, I reacted to it, but my skin was just like, nope, you're too busy uh, thinking about what else you have to be doing. You know what I would you know what I would love to see? A match that I would love to see if it could ever be booked. It's kind of like my my Gabriel Fuerza dream match. 
and this is just because I think you two would work so well together with your speed and his power. I got to say you versus Big Mike. Oh, yeah, that would be a lot of fun. I think that match would be, but see, it's got to be a stipulation match. And what I mean by that is it's got to be an Ironman match. I don't think you two could just go out there and have 15, 20 minutes. You've got to give me a solid hour. Because I think the story that will be told in that match would be epic. That would certainly be a lot of fun. Well, you know what, Ben? Ben listens to my podcast a lot. So, Ben, if you're listening, (laughs) book it. It's got to happen. Big Mike versus Gabriel Fuerza for the Internet Championship. <laughs> so in terms of your um, – I've noticed a lot at, at the shows when I'm kind of there doing my I, – I, I do some pre, pre-interviews. And um, by the way, this interview is fantastic so far. So you and I are definitely going to have a part two for sure. You're officially now a member of the Straight Talk family. I have to, I have to tell you that right now. But um, – I've seen you a lot while, you know, during the show, while most of you guys are out there preparing for your matches and you're, you're, you're going through kind of the motions. I've seen you sometimes step away from whoever you're fighting with that particular day to assist someone else in the ring. Either give a pointer or a tip or, or something that would look good at a particular time. Do you find yourself or people coming to you more and more for advice or guidance when kind of working through the motions of a match? Somebody come up to you and say, hey, Gabriel, what do you think about about this particular bump at this particular time? Like, have people kind of approach you? Because I see it myself, but I'm not sure if it's maybe just you kind of overhearing and saying, you know what, let me just throw out a suggestion. Or if it's actually saying, hey, Gabriel, can we ask you, like, for some advice? What What is, uh, is that something that happens on a regular? Um, more and more, I'm finding. Um, with crossbody, sometimes uh, Ben asks me to uh, help agents some of the matches with like the, the newer people or um, I think he, he asked me to agent two uh, female triple threats. Yep. Um, which I love doing. Like I'm starting to realize I love wrestling, but I think I might love agenting and teaching more. Um, so yeah, like the, the whole, the whole like each thing, like I, I just, I, I really come up with like 10,000 different ideas and then, hit it with all of them and then figure out which one we want to do and how we can do the best. And, um, yeah, no, I, I just love thing. And yeah, I'm kind of getting asked for my opinion a little more and more. Um, I was actually, uh, <clears throat> I went, I went to go do impact on the weekend and, uh, not expecting anything, just, you know, showing face, helping out, um, keeping some friends company. And, uh, Aiden, Aiden Prince was wrestling on the show and Aiden, you know, someone I consider to be very good. Right. Mm-hmm. So he he's 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 planning his match and he comes over and he's like, hey, uh, can I get your opinion on something? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I'm doing this this thing and then it's ending here and I just need something to do here. What would you do? And I was I obviously didn't make a big deal of it, but I was honestly really like kind of like humbled that he was asking. Mm-hmm. Not that he's you know, like a mega star or anything, but like he's someone who I consider to be pretty good and like for him to think. I'm good enough to ask for an opinion. Uh, I mean, honestly, that that was probably the highlight of my week. <laughs> if I'm being honest. Yeah, no, it it sounds like that would be. I mean, if, if somebody who you consider to be equally as good as you or maybe a tier or two better is coming up to you for advice, that's definitely humbling, but that shows your work, shows your ability, shows what you're made of. So I yeah. think, I mean, at that point... 
the matches that I've at least seen you agent, as you will, is the term you used. Uh, I think that's what I would like to, uh, again, steal from my good friend Holden Albright, which when we interviewed him, he talked about level up moments. And I believe more and more since I've been around CPW and I've been able to see how it's all working. Um, I got to say, man, uh, I think you, you're, you're leveling up that way. So you, you've got the knowledge, you've got the training, you've got the look, you've got the ability. So why not share it with the world? And I, I think you're, you're at that stage right now where you're at that serious level up moment. And I, I don't know, because I haven't followed Crossbody religiously up until recently, but I don't know if you and Holden Albright have tangled for the Crossbody Pro Championship. But if you haven't, that would be an intriguing match as well. Yep, that, that would certainly be an intriguing match. That's, that's one uh, me and Holden are uh, hoping and crossing our fingers for. I think I think every time I, I see him, at least at least at one point, we're like, oh, if we wrestle, we could do this. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, write that down. <laughs> write that down and remember it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're waiting for it, and if it ever happens, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, but it, for, I think for you two, it's got to be a false count anywhere. It can't just be a, a staying inside the ring. It's got to be a false count anyway. Yeah. You, you got to go to the outside because with your speed and your ability and what the power he brings to the game, like I've seen him just decimate guys. And then I've seen him get almost decimated but still pull out the win. Like the last match he had against Frankie the Beast. Jesus, that was a match I didn't even want to want to stop watching. But then he drank my yeah. water. So if he's listening to this, Holden, you still owe me a water. You drank it. But it was it was an epic match, and then at the end, you know, you and Alexia Nicole, you guys came out and you were sitting right like right next to me. And at the time, I'm like, I know these two, but I know they want to keep character, so I'm just gonna let them be. But man, it was super it was super cool to see that that ending, and you guys helping him get the rope off around his neck because it was a little tight yeah. for sure. But oh my god, I thought it was you were gonna come off. <laughs> so I know that you um, you've done some intergender. And more importantly, you've done it with another one of my favorite females in the business right now, which is Alexia Nicole. So let's talk intergender for a second, because, I mean, it had its it had its time and its appeal in the Attitude Era. ECW was a big advocate of the intergender wrestling. And then it kind of tapered off. And then recently, it's kind of had a resurgence. What is your stance on intergender wrestling? Because I know Alexia Nicole, and I wouldn't want to meet her in a dark alley, because I know she could beat the crap out of me. And that's the truth. I, I love her to death. She's the sweetest person in the world. But when she puts on her game face, I just want to be in the back row where I know it's going to be safe and I can't get hurt. <laughs> so what is your um, no, stance on, on intergender as it is right now in this time period in wrestling? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, I understand where there is that kind of like disconnect, especially with like mainstream audience because they, as much as they like to tell us that wrestling's fake, they don't really know exactly what's going on, right? So they see they see a man and a woman, you know, quote unquote fighting, and, and they think, oh, it's domestic abuse. But that's the thing. Like wrestling isn't fighting. It's it's more than that. It's a dance. It's theater. It's, it's choreography. It's you know, it's it's more than than let's say you put a guy and a girl in a boxing ring. That's something I would disagree with because it's just not fair. Um, in a wrestling ring, anything can happen. Um, you know, a girl like Alexia, who's five feet, can pick me up above her shoulders and throw me to the mat. And we can make that believable in that world. So 
I love intergender wrestling as long as it's done right. Um, I don't necessarily agree with uh, matches where the guy's just kind of like beating the crap out of her. And I, I understand that like that builds sympathy, and in the end, if she you know goes over, then it makes her look that much stronger. But I think people have to like realize that sometimes pushing the envelope that hard all at once kind of alienates people. Mm-hmm. That's why whenever I do intergender matches, I plan with the idea of okay, well, a little a little boy's gonna want this, and a little girl's gonna want this, and I don't want the little boy to think, oh, hitting girls is okay, so yeah, I can do that, and I don't want the little girl to think, oh, me getting hit is okay, so I'm just gonna let it happen, because that's not the idea. The idea is to very subtly promote equality, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I like to wrestle so many girls is because I know I can wrestle a different match with them than I can with any guy, right? And even even between them, it can be different. Like the match that I would put together with Alexia is very different from the match that I would put together with Jody Threat, right? Jody Threat is much bigger, and I mean I've worked out with her, so I know how strong she is, and I know she could probably kick my ass if she had to. <laughs> and uh, Alexia is much more athletic, and um, I like I kind of like pushing her to do things that that she knows in the back of her head that she can do, but she needs a little push. Right? So, like, I, I, I love having kind of high-flying matches with her and, like, sort of these complicated spots. And, and, and we've actually had one match where I was the face and another match where I was the heel. So that was a lot of fun because how do you get the crowd to cheer me when I'm fighting this cute little bubbly girl, right? Right. So, like, that's, just, that's a challenge in itself to make her look like the bad guy. And, 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 you know, I, I am, I'm the one who has to, like, hit her and still remain the good guy. So that, that was a lot of fun because it was really challenging. And then we had another match where I was the bad guy and he was the good guy. And it was like, okay, I'm going to bump like crazy for you. And it was so much fun. So I love it. I love doing it. I love watching it. Um, I don't think I've ever really watched one that I was kind of like, oh, this is awful. But, like I said, from a mainstream perspective, I can see how it might be a little bit polarizing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, people just have to like remember that wrestling is not boxing and it's not MMA. It's as much as we you know hurt ourselves over and over. It's still a performance, and you know some people don't like to use the word art. I do, um, just because I come from like a theater background, so I I would call it a performance art. So, yeah, the idea of intergender wrestling to me is fine because if uh, you see, like, Swan Lake, you know, there's, that's intergender dance, you know, there's intergender everything in entertainment, so why not wrestling? I couldn't agree with you more. I think, actually, you probably gave one of the most picture-perfect answers that I've had when I've asked that question. But I, I just want to ask you your opinion on uh, one of the biggest intergender matches that we've had in recent years, which, uh, if you watch the Impact pay-per-view, Sammy Callahan versus Tessa Blanchard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't you know. I haven't to watching that one. Oh, okay. But I, I actually, I, uh, I watched, well, like I said, since I was at Impact, I watched uh, Tessa's match she had with, uh, well, I don't even know what I can say, but she had a match with a very large gentleman. And... It was so good. It was it was just a TV match. It wasn't anything like spectacularly. Like it was, it was no stipulation. It was just something that was supposed to go 
from from this angle and transition into another angle, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was fantastic. It really was. And and Tessa Blanchard is so good. It is unbelievable. It really, really, really is. You can tell that she believes in everything she does. She believes in herself. And if she doesn't, she is doing a fantastic job at facing it. <laughs> so I believe every time that you have a guy, whether he's Sammy Callahan or whether he's under the giant, that I that I believe that she's a man. So I haven't gotten around to watching yet, but I'm I'm sure it's fantastic. Only because Tessa Blanchard is fantastic. Let alone the fact that Sammy Callahan is also extremely talented. Yeah, it's it's definitely one for the ages. It was probably, in my opinion, it's an early front runner because we're only halfway through the year. But I would definitely give it match of the year standpoint right now. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get around to watching that very soon. Yeah, check it out because it's worth it. Every every angle and every every bump and every part of the story that's told in that match, it will much leave you like you guys left me in your triple threat exhausted. So let me pose a question to you that I always love posing because I'm a big, I, I love, uh, I don't know if you ever, if you've read comic books as a kid, I'm sure you have at one point or another, but there was a great series of comic books from Marvel back in the 80s, 90s called What If? Uh-huh. What if the Punisher's family didn't die? What if Captain America didn't agree to the program? What if Wolverine never had the adamantium? So forth and so on. So let's talk, I don't know, a couple years down the road, no timeline. But you're, you're waking up, you go downstairs for a cup of coffee, and you look, you sit down at the kitchen table, you're going to eat your bacon and your eggs, and in front of you is five contracts. WWE, Impact Wrestling, AEW, New Japan Pro, and Ring of Honor. And the only reason I throw out those five is because those are the five I, myself, follow religiously. So, you got five contracts, all for the same amount of money, the same amount of years. Which company do you sign with, and who is the first person you work with in that company? Without thinking about it too hard, um, I think I, I would go with AEW. Okay. Um, just it's, it's just a gut feeling. I think right now, um, because WWE right now is just so cluttered that. To get lost in the mix would be very easy. Right, it's very uh, oversaturated. I agree with you 100% on that. Although, probably the one wrestler in the world that I want to wrestle more than anybody is Roderick Strong. Oh, so, yeah. There's the, there's the dilemma. <laughs> um, but AEW right now just it seems fresher. And uh, the chance to get in with something that's going to grow and try to grow with it would uh, certainly be appealing. Okay, so you signed AEW. Okay, cool. You've crossed your your signature on the paper. Now, who's the first person? You have a chance to pick anybody on the roster right now in AEW. Who do you go at first? I'm going to pick someone who you might not expect. Okay. Uh, it was fun. Now I'm gonna pick Kip Sabian. I love it. I think that's a great yeah. choice. Because I think in five years he's gonna be somebody to to watch. I think somebody to watch right now. But that you know five years from now he's gonna be a main event guy. Who knows? Yeah. So I, I think. Yeah. No, I think that's a great choice. But I also have another choice for you since you went with AEW. Someone who I think you could work extremely well with because you both have that. 
larger-than-life personality in the ring? I'm going to say MJF. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've actually uh, I worked him for about two minutes in, uh, in uh, what was it, uh, like an elimination field four-way. Nice. Uh, a very one show. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, that would be fun. I mean, he's, he's probably one of the top heels in the business right now. Oh, he's he's hands down next to the Miz. He's one of my favorite talkers, and Kevin Owens. He's one of my favorite talkers right now in the business. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So, in terms of you know your career as it stands right now, you know a lot of accolades, a lot of a lot of great you know matches that I can remember. I'm a fan. I'm all in. I'm all in. to be cliche. <laughs> I'm all in. But um, where do you see yourself? in the future. Like uh, we talked about the what if, but let's talk about what the next steps for you are. Where do you plan to go? And, uh, you know, what, what is the one, what is the next steps you want to take in your career? Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's weird because if you asked me this question a year ago, I would say that I was content staying here and, you know, wrestling my current schedule and just, kind of settling I suppose um but yeah like like I mentioned earlier like things in my private life have kind of changed and uh, now I'm at the point where I just want to do everything I can while I can and uh I don't know I I, I have no plan I just want to see where everything goes um I'm, I'm I'm actually not a comedian citizen so I'm, in, I'm, I'm right now in the process of getting that done and getting my Canadian passport so that I can go to the States a little bit more freely. Um, I want to go to the UK as a part of a fan. I'm Mexican citizen, so I want to go to Mexico. Um, I just want to wrestle as many places as I can. I have no goal of getting assigned anywhere. I have no goal of, of appearing on TV necessarily. I just want to wrestle as much as I can. And uh, to be honest, it would be very nice to make enough of a name for myself that I can open up a school and have people not laugh at me. So that might be the goal right now. Well, I think a school is definitely in your future because I've seen how well you agent some of those matches that I've had the honor of watching. And uh, sure, you are a talent. You are. And uh, I'm not kissing your ass. I'm just being honest. Uh, you're, you really do have, you do have that something special. And I can't wait to see what the future holds for you. Thank you, me neither. <laughs> so one final question, because I, I'm always a fan of the what-ifs. Uh, dream match. Any wrestler, any time period, who would it be? Oh, Guerrero. Guerrero. Guerrero, yeah. He's, he's far and away my favorite wrestler. I, you ask me who the best wrestler ever is? Eddie Guerrero. Latino heat, eh? All the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I watched, I watched it like, oh, anything from like, like, uh, Attitude Era, or sorry, well, I guess I would call it Ruthless Aggression Era. Anything Ruthless Aggression Era, Eddie Guerrero, I could watch just all day. <laughs> like, actually, I go on binges sometimes. So, so the first time I wrestled Mark Wheeler, the night previous, I had watched literally five hours of Eddie Guerrero matches. And when you watch the match back, you can tell because it's just, you know, it's balls to the wall. <laughs> All the all the ideas came flooding out at once. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, is there any shows that you got upcoming uh, that you might want to plug and let people know where they can uh, can watch you? 
Yeah, for sure. Um, so this Friday, I'm going to be doing the uh, the crossbody showcases that I mentioned. Yep. Those honestly are really going under the radar because there are really, really, really good matches going on here. And the tickets are only $5. And uh, it, people are mistaking it with a student show. It's not a student show. It's a showcase show. So you have guys like me, guys like Mark Wheeler, guys like Holden Albright, Vaughn Vertigo, Alexi Nicole. We've all wrestled on these shows um, against newer guys who are trying to get an opportunity. Guys like Young Love, uh, Adrian Astar, um, <clears throat> All of, all of Ben's students, like Kyle Brooks, uh, I wrestled Jimbo Jones. You mentioned that I wrestled uh, Pretty Ricky there. So these shows are so much fun. They're only five dollars, um, and they're, they're, they really are worth the trip. So I got that this Friday. Uh, Saturday I got Barry Wrestling. Uh, Barry Wrestling is is what I would call my home promotion. So I'm always very very happy to wrestle there. Uh, like I said, I wrestled Daniel Garcia. Well, you gotta hook me. You gotta hook me up, then, man. You gotta invite me out to one of the Barry Wrestling shows. That's one I have not been able to to hit yet. Yeah, please, please come, because because Barry, honestly, and maybe it's just because I'm a little biased, but Barry is the best of the best shows in Ontario, and they're they're family friendly. That kind of makes them go under the radar a little bit, but honestly, these shows are very good, and we have the kind of. Uh, liberty to sort of try to tell stories and it's hard to tell stories uh, in independent wrestling because schedules change so much and, and it's hard to get a guy like to go every month but they kind of have a good roster going and, and we, 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 we've been managed, managing to tell some pretty good stories um, on this show I'm wrestling Daniel Garcia and at, at the main event is on Vertigo against Tyson Dukes and I, I really if, if this doesn't come out too late I really encourage everybody go on Facebook and to watch Ron Vertigo's uh, video reel promoting this match because there's no storytelling in about wrestling and he puts a story in a two minute little video and it is it's honestly it's money. I'm telling you. Ron Vertigo is probably my favorite wrestler. <laughs> like he is he, he needs people need to see him. And uh, they can see him on Facebook and hopefully come out to a very show or two, you know. What do you got going on in August? Because this this will unfortunately air past this weekend. So what do you got going on in August? Okay, well August I got Union in uh, Toronto, uh, August eighth for SummerSlam weekend. Uh, we got Smash the next day. Uh, NSW is putting on a little little show on August eleventh. Um, just going to be you know a little little tightly knit show. Should be fun. That's before in Ottawa, Crossbody obviously. Um, uh, Fighter Fight's going to be at Alpha One, another showcase show. Uh, Crossbody's doing Taco Fest in London, 24th and 25th, and then I got Border Town at the end of the month, uh, just before I go to Nova Scotia for the first time. Amazing! So you're you're going to go out to the East Coast, man. You know you're going to have to get uh, you're going to have to get screeched in. I don't know if you know what that is. Oh God, no! I don't know what that. Means. Okay, so, well, this is a little fun fact. I, I have a lot of American listeners, but this is for all the Canadian listeners out there. So, Screech, Newfie Screech, is a type of alcohol. So, okay. it's, it's, uh, it, I, I gotta be honest with you, man. You gotta have the stomach for it. But you take a shot of the alcohol, and then you, um, also kiss the cod, which is a raw fish. And then you become an oh. official Newfie. Glad you warned me. <laughs> yeah, so when you go down there, just, you know, tell somebody, hey, I haven't been screeched in, and they'll take care of you. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> well, Gabriel, I want to thank you so much for the time. It was a complete honor yeah, talking no to you. And like I said, you are more than welcome. You now have my number. I have yours. And I hope to see you at the yeah. showcase as we can catch up. But anytime you want to come back on the show and do it again, you just let me know. Fantastic. Thank you. All right. Take care, and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Well, guys, that was Gabriel Fuerza. That was another great interview, as I always do. As always, guys, I am the host, George McKay. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week for another great episode, another great interview. I'd love to tell you who it is, uh, but I'm not going to. You're going to have to tune in, follow us on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You get the shout-outs at the end of the show. And don't forget, guys, please support the show, support what I do, support that we're straight to the truth, straight to the point. We are straight talk wrestling. Please. Check out our merchandise on ProWrestlingTees.com. As always, stay safe, guys. Peace out. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another episode on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Also follow us on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And for all our merchandise, you can search us on ProWrestlingTees.com. Thank you.